Okay. So we'll look in Haggai chapter two, and uh, and I'm going to read a few of those verses for us. What we're going to do is we're going to look at two things in chapter two of Haggai. We're going to look at um, how God responds when the people feel like he's not as much with them as he used to be. And then we're going to share communion. And then we're going to look at the second point about holiness being a harvest. Okay. Let me read, uh, let me read the first few verses of Haggai chapter two. Feel free to follow along or if you'd like to just listen, that's great as well. Remember the context in which we're, we're speaking, Haggai is speaking to the exiles after they've returned. So they've come back from Babylon. They've come to a broken down, beaten up Jerusalem. They started to rebuild the temple. They got the foundations built and then they've kind of slowly sunk back into their own way of living. And 16 years later, Haggai is speaking and he's encouraging them to, to press on, to keep the main thing, the main thing, and to start work again on God's temple. Chapter two, verse one. In the second year of King Darius, on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest and the remnant of the people. Ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Okay, let's, let's pause there for a moment. Let, let's just try and unpack what question or what, what's happening here, what Haggai is responding to. He asks in, in verse 3, who has seen the old temple? And doesn't this new one seem to you like nothing? So the incredible thing is that some of the people Haggai is speaking to saw the old temple, the one that was uh, de destroyed and, and, and knocked down by Nebuchadnezzar. And th that old temple, the one built by Solomon 400 years before, was big. It had lots of gold and silver and precious stones. It was ornate. It was uh, fine. It was built with lots and lots of money. And this new one that's been built, uh, as the, the foundations of the new temple were built, we read in Ezra that those who'd seen the old temple wept because this new one looks so small. It looked humble. It looks, it looks different. It looks, looks so much smaller. And I think what's going on here is that people are looking at this new small temple and they're thinking God is less with us now than he was in the past. God is look, people, sorry, are looking at the external circumstances. They're looking at the trouble. They're looking at the insecurity. They're looking at the uh, humble um, surroundings. And they're thinking God is perhaps less with us now than he was in the past. And I want us to just notice how God responds to that. And, and, that, and I think that's, uh, that can be really helpful because it's perhaps possible for us to look around at the world around us and think, 
maybe maybe God is less with us now than he's been in the past or maybe this this uh, such insecurity around us is hard to navigate God I think there's three things in these verses and they're really really simple really quick first of all notice how he keeps calling the people by name and using his own name I wonder if you noticed that as we read in those first uh, nine verses of chapter two he uses his own name nine times. You'll keep reading the word of the Lord or declares the Lord or the Lord says. And he keeps talking to them by name as well. He says, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. To, uh, to Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah. To the whole people. He calls them by name and he keeps using his own name. He keeps using his own title. We sometimes do that, don't we, even in earthly relationships, perhaps without realising it. There are times where we, we talk to each other and we use somebody's name a lot or even our own title. I sometimes do it when the children are maybe afraid or, or scared. I might say something like, Peter, it's OK, Peter, Daddy's here. There's, there's no need to be afraid, Peter. Daddy's right here. Look, look at Daddy. Daddy's not scared. And without realising it, I'm putting my own title as daddy or father and calling uh, out his name. <laughs> um, hello, Peter. Uh, I'm calling his name because it's a reassurance of, his pre of, of, of my presence and his security. That's what the Lord is doing here. He calls the people by name and he reminds them of his title. And if we're feeling unsure, if we're feeling um, just just recognising insecurity around us, it's good to recognise that God knows us by name and to look at his titles, to look at his names. He's God Almighty. He's Jesus, that, that is Saviour. He's the anointed one. He's the Prince of Peace. He's our rock. It's good to remember who our God is and the fact he knows us by name. Secondly, notice that God reminds the people of their past. I wonder if you picked up the flavour of the verses that we read. Be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. It's, a, it's, it's kind of a little echo of, of Joshua chapter one. In fact, he even mentions it there. It's Joshua, this is one verse from Joshua chapter one. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He's, the, God is, is, is casting the people's minds back. To, uh, to them leaving Egypt, being rescued from slavery, travelling through the wilderness, being protected from dangers they didn't even know about, and bringing them safely into the land that he'd promised to give them. Joshua chapter 1 is this triumphal moment as the people enter what they've been promised for so long. And God's reminding the people, I was the one who rescued you. I was the one who gave you this land in the first place. I was the one who can keep you in the land sometimes when times are 
challenging and our external circumstances are hard, it's good to look back on God's past. We can look back and see what God has done. And that's what Christmas is about, isn't it? God has stepped into our world in the person of Jesus. God has become a man. More than that, he's lived this perfect life and, and then he's died this cruel, agonizing death in, in our place. He's taken our place. He's shown us what love is. He's redeemed us. He's rescued us. He's died once and for all. And he's risen again. He can be no more good to us than he was on that very first Easter Sunday. His character is unchanging. If we're unsure of how the Lord feels about us, look back at his past. Look back at what he has done for us. He's saved us. Let's, let's glory and revel in our salvation. For it is such a wonderful, wonderful gift. God reminds them that he knows their name and he reminds them of his title. He asks them to look back on what he's done. And then thirdly, and for this little slot finally, he also points them to the future. Let me read verses six to nine. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I'll once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea, the dry land. I'll shake all nations and what's desired of all nations will come and I'll fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I'll grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Thirdly, the Lord gives them a flavour of the future. There's a couple of things perhaps going on in, in those verses, probably more. But first of all, it says that uh, all, the, all the silver, all the gold is mine. This temple might look really simple and humble at the moment. But remarkably, just after Haggai is speaking, there's a whole wave of gold and silver and treasures coming to e into Israel. You can read about it in, in Ezra chapter 6, if you like. But they find this uh, in, in Persia, so far away, they find this note that says, all the treasures stolen from the temple should be returned. So remarkably, all this gold and silver, all the articles from the temple are returned. The future, actually, God has in hand just as he has the past in hand. And it looks like a small temple, sure. It looks simple and humble, but this is a, re this is a, a redeemed work and all of those treasures are returning. Perhaps there's more to it than that as well. For this temple will be built. And, uh, and years later, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, as, as God's people are, are re-established, um, God himself will step into his people in the Lord Jesus. And the glory of this former house will be greater than that of the previous. This is the, the temple that the Lord Jesus will, uh, will come and, and clear out. Actually, God's people are, um, have a future. God reminds the people of that he knows their name and he reminds them of his title. He asks them to look back on his past and he comforts them with what's going to happen in the future. 
And it's useful for us to know too that our future is certain and secure in him. This is what Paul says. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we've been renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. If you do have um, the elements for, for communion, we're, we're going to share that in a moment. And, and, and how, how, how we'll do that is, uh, Dave, uh, I'm going to hand over to Dave in a moment or two, and, and he's going to lead us in a song. And, and, and while we sing, um, if you'd like to, to share communion, then you're, you're very welcome to do so. Um, but just before we do, let me, uh, let me just remind us what we've seen. Because it actually echoes what we what we do at communion. As, as we celebrate communion, we come reverently, we come respectfully, we come uh, re reflecting on and focusing on the Lord Jesus, on the price that he paid for us. We look back at what he has done. We celebrate the victory he has, 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 uh, has achieved for us. But we also look forward to what that victory means. We recognize he knows us by name and he's our redeemer, our rescuer and our savior. Let me read a couple of verses from Corinthians, just as I see a couple of folks are still getting ready. And that, that's absolutely great. For what I received from the Lord, I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes we look at who jesus is and what he's done for us and we also look forward because we're proclaiming the lord's death until he comes our past is forgiven our future is sorted his presence is in the present as dave sings uh, please feel free to, to sing in your own homes and as you, uh, and as you like, uh, take the bread and the cup. Thanks, Dave. How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure 
How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His face away As wounds which mother chosen ones Bring many sons to Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders, ashamed I hear my mocking voice, call out among the scoffers. My sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying death has brought me life. I know that it is I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Wonderful. Thank you very much, um, Dave. Yeah, we're, we're, we're nearly through, actually, folks. So just uh, just one more little thing from, from Haggai, then we're going to we'll sing as we close. Um, 
there's lots more there, but I just want to read um, verses 15 to 19. One last, one last thought for us. Now give careful thought to this. From this day on, consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there was only 10. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there was only 20. I struck the, wor the work of your hands with blight, mildew and hail, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. From this day on, from the 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple is laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive have not borne fruit. From this day on, I'll bless you. Again, we just have to do a little detective work for a moment to see what's happening. Um, but I think it's worth it when we get there. Um, we, uh, we see that um, the people have um, they've built a foundation so that's 16 years ago. They've kind of got lost in, in, the, in their own world since then. But since Haggai came along, they've actually responded and they've started working again at the temple. And because Haggai is so detailed in when he, when he tells us when he's working, we know he's been uh, working over a four-month period in the year 520. And the people have been working for, for four months. So we would expect if, if there was, uh, you know, there wasn't a great harvest when the people were in disobedience, we might expect that. But now the people have been obedient for four months. We might expect that now the harvest is going to be good. But we read here that, that, it, that it isn't. From this day on, I will bless you. Uh, verse 19. Until now, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive have not borne fruit. So why haven't they borne fruit when the people have started to be obedient? Well, like I said, because Haggai dates his prophecy so specifically, we know that he's speaking from the 29th of August to the 18th of December. It's pretty cool that we can that we know that. Um, and all of those things that, that he mentions there are all uh, harvested during that time, the vine, figs, pomegranates and olives. So why isn't there a bumper crop? And I think it's because of this. I think it's because seeds take time to grow. So all of those things were planted in disobedience. They grew in disobedience. And now the people are in this strange middle ground where they're still reaping, reaping fruit that was planted in disobedience. But they're now planting in, in, in obedience. But that's going to take time to grow and produce fruit. They're in this strange middle ground. And, and what I want to encourage us with is that holiness is a harvest. That, thing, that, that seeds take time to grow and, and, and mature and produce their fruit. And I just want us, with the habits that we're, that we're perhaps putting in place in the new year, to keep going because fruit takes time to grow. They're in this middle ground. It, it would be kind of like if, if over, this is hypothetical, but if over a period of time I'd, I'd fed feelings of, of, um, of, of hate or, or, or 
just a disunity or, or, or frustration at a certain individual, if I feed that over a length of time, and then I'm convicted about that and I start to, to pray for that person and I start to seek restoration, I'm still going to be reaping fruit from thoughts and activities over the years. I'm still going to be reaping that fruit for a while until the, the good seeds I'm planting start to grow and take, and take root and produce fruit. Because things take time to grow. They take time to change. Activities we've done in the past, take time they, they were forgiven but that they take time they're still producing their fruit and so holiness is a harvest and one of the things that we're often lured into is we start good things particularly at the start of a new year and, and after a week or two weeks we say I, I, it's not working i'm giving up but things take time the bible is full of pictures of of fruit and 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 things growing and that, that, that's a process. So I just want to encourage us at the start of a new year to keep going, to keep reading, to keep praying, to keep um, actively seeking each other out and actually actively seeking out more. For things take time to grow, but when the fruit is produced, it's certainly worth it. Um, lovely. I know that Zoom services are not always easy if they go on for a long time or if somebody keeps chattering away. Um, so you, it seems like everyone's done, done really, really well today. And we're going we're gonna to sing our, our final song together. After Dave's song, uh, if anyone does have any colouring they want to show us, then they'd be very welcome to. Um, but there's no pressure, no expectation. Um, thanks, Dave. Okay, our last song is a great one. It just declares who Jesus is and what he has done because he has risen from the dead. So let's sing together. There is power in his name. There is power in his name. For the stone was rolled away Mountains bow down before Jesus Christ our risen Lord Jesus Christ our risen Lord Mighty Savior, lifted high, King forever, Jesus Christ, crowned in glory, raised to life, the same power lives in us. shall reign forevermore you 
shall reign forevermore. Mighty Savior, lifted high, King forever, Jesus Christ. Crowned in glory, raised to life, the same power lives in us the grave the grave could not contain the power of his name death you overcame once and for all the grave could not contain the power of his name death you overcame once and for all, mighty Savior, lifted high, King forever, Jesus Christ, crowned in glory, raised to life, the same power lives in us mighty savior lifted high king forever jesus christ crowned in glory raised to life the same power Dave. Okay, uh, does anyone have any colour in they would like to, to show us? Or did anyone get all the way in the maze? Oh, good job, Chloe. Good work. Well done, Lucy. Oh, yes, Matthew. That's fantastic, Matthew. Did you do that or did Daddy did do that? Oh, very good. Oh, nice work, Scarlett. Loving it. Thank you. Um, oh, Dougie, very good. Good work, Dougie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, next, next week, Dougie will let you use the felt tips. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I'm sorry if I missed anyone because, I, again, I'm scrolling through the different um, screens. But lovely. Let me pray. As uh, let me pray as we close. Just as you uh, bow your heads, I want to, to read something that C.S. Lewis writes in Mere Christianity. Good and evil both increase at compound interest. That is why the little decisions you and I make every day are of such infinite importance. The smallest good act today is the capture of a strategic point from which a few months later you may be able to go on to victories you never dreamed of an apparently trivial indulgence in lust or anger today is a loss of a ridge or railway line or bridgehead from which the enemy may launch an attack otherwise impossible. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. 
Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Amen. Amen. It's been, uh, it's been just delightful to, to see everyone this morning. Um...